Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we come together and reflect on your word, we pray for your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts, our minds, um, and our bodies, our whole bodies. Lord, may we know your love and grace. Lord, give us comfort where we need comfort. Give us redirection where we need redirection. And most importantly, remind us of the forgiveness of sins that you give us and the future you make possible. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Not quite sure about you, as I said at the start, but humility and being humble can be a challenge. But we love it when other people are humble, don't we? But we struggle sometimes to be humble ourselves. So I want to start off with a little story about um, a frog. One day there's this frog on one side of the lake and he's, he's there and around him it's become very dry. Well, his friend, the crow, had flown across and he said, look, mate, he said, look, if you can get to the other side of the lake, there's plenty of food, it's nice and damp and there's a good lot of hiding spots over there. And so this frog was looking to get to the other side and was wondering how he could get to the other side because he said to the crow, he said, the problem is I can't go across that lake because it's full of crocodiles and other animals that will eat me. And then two of his other friends come down, two geese came down and sat beside him and, and said, what's wrong, frog? And he says, look, I'm, I want to get to the other side of the lake. Can you help me out? And they kind of looked at him and they said, oh, I'm not quite sure. And then the frog store a stick and said, how about you put the stick in your beak and fly me across and I'll hold onto the stick with my hands and my mouth because if I just hold on my hands, I'll probably fall down. But if I hold on with my mouth, I should be right. So the frog and the geese go over the lake. They're about three quarters away there. And then the crow comes along and says, who thought of this fabulous idea? What a great idea. And the frog opens up his mouth and said, it was all my idea and falls into the lake with the crocodiles. They talk about with pride comes fall. And the opposite of pride is humility. And that's what we're focusing on today, this idea of humility. And when we look around the world, and I do a lot of stuff in leadership um, training and leadership understanding, one of the things that keeps popping up is that the, one of the keys to long-term success for organisations and people is humility. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, one of the leadership um, books that I've been reading, written by a Swinburne person who says why reformed leadership why everybody needs the why every leader needs the gospel he made a comment at a recent conference I was at that the problem is we're spending all this money and time on leadership which is a good thing but we still have similar results with our leaders there's still people lasting very short time in leadership very toxic and because they're in that that creates problems Forbes magazine, in one of its articles, highlighted the importance of leadership, being hum- humble in leadership and saying that it's a key characteristic for leaders. And it highlights some of these points come out of that article. First of all, is that when we are humble, we recognise we don't know it all. When we are humble, we not only recognise ourselves, but we help others see that we don't know it all, which means that we're open to learning, We're open to new possibilities. We're open to receiving help. But not only that, our strengths become clearer. And we also develop better relationships with people. Because humility keeps our ego in check. 
It also helps us be more honest with ourselves and with others. And even the way we talk, This that leadership um, thing I was at a few weeks ago, which was uh, quite a number of Christian leaders from around Australia, one of the things that happened and struck me was we, we had some very well-known people in that room. And they were talking about how can we continue to grow the church, to turn the church into a growing church more in Australia than more than a declining church. And how can we do it together as the many churches together? And so the discussion was around the, the table on a number of occasions. Well, what was interesting is some of these big noted leaders all made a similar comment. I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer, but perhaps together God will help us on a path of being a more healthy church. And so humility also empowers others, so it spreads the load. Humility, humility means there'll be less control. You'll have less control, but it also reduces the bottlenecks that happen. I don't know if you've ever noticed where a leadership leader has micromanaging, wants to control things, very specific on control, there are bottlenecks and things go slower. But humility would also hold you to accountability. And it encourages honest reflection. And when you have honest reflection, one of the things this article highlights is that you start to see areas where you can grow or where you can be open to help. And humility encourages better teams because it recognises others. Now, the secular world is picking up, in particular in the area of leadership, this idea of humility. Because one of the things they're discovering is that leaders who are not humble are often in it for themselves. And at worst, it can lead to criminal acts. At best, they can be very narcissistic and everything's about themselves and protecting themselves. Rather than being there for the organisation or the people that they're called to serve. You know, we're going to have an election in a few weeks and people are going to partly base their decision on who they vote for based on whether they perceive someone to be humble or not. Well, the scriptures have constantly talked about humility. And in today's reading, Paul is giving us an insight what it means to have Christian humility without actually saying, be humble. What he does in unpacks in Philippians chapter 3, this idea of it's not about me, but it's about Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, and that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. You see, humility is an important characteristic for us as Christians because it is a key characteristic of who God is. If we go through the Old and New Testament, whilst we see stories of God being an almighty God, what we also see is God being a humble God. And we see this most in the person of Jesus Christ. And as we're getting towards Easter this message becomes clearer for us. This message is portrayed in what is often called a traditional hymn in Philippians chapter 2, which we had in our statement of faith. Where Paul, writing to this church in Philippi, a newer church, he's talking to them and trying to help them, 
continue to be focused on the gospel, the grace of Jesus, reminds them not to get whole, not to be focused on all the laws and getting everything right and perfect, but be focused on God's grace. He says this, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. As we think about the events of Easter, particularly Good Friday, we can see that Jesus went through pain and suffering for us. And that's an important thing. Many people are prepared to go through pain and suffering provided they get an advantage. They get a benefit. My father was heavily involved in cricket and as a result I got to meet some um, state cricket coaches. And one of them told us this story about how much pain and suffering he went through so he could be, an average person could play state level cricket and even be considered for selection for Australia. And he, he would share the story of what he went through, like getting up ridiculous hours in the morning, going for runs, pushing himself in the heat, doing stuff. But as he said to us one day, he said, a lot of it was for himself only. And yet when we look at Christ, what Christ does for us, does, the suffering and death is not for himself, but for you and for me. And so we see humility is an important characteristic of God. It's a key characteristic of who God is, a humble God, a God who is prepared to come to earth for you. Not only come to earth for you, prepared to suffer and die for you. And it's because of God's humility we have a future to look forward to. It's because God is a humble God that we can be assured of the future that we have with God. We don't have to be worried about, are we going to be good enough? Have we done enough? Do we prove to God enough? But because of God's humility, of Jesus dying on the cross and rising again, we can have that assurance. You know, I like what our small catechism talks about that God's death on the cross and resurrection gives us. It gives us forgiveness of sins which gives us a life to live now, a life not to be stressed about, are we good enough? Are we going to be in heaven? Do we have to earn ourselves? And it also gives us a life in the future. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And so because God is humble, because God is humble, humility becomes part of our life as Christians. And not to earn something from God, but to reflect who God is in the world. You know, one of the discussions that pop up occasionally as a pastor with people, that particularly people exploring the faith, and they often say things like, oh, Sometimes I've struggled with thinking about becoming a Christian. It's because I look at the church and I look at 
how much people in the church are not reflecting Christ. And often these are people who have read part of the Bible, but then kind of look at us. And then I have to remind people that, ah, yeah, we are all sinners. We've got flaws and that's why we need Jesus. And that's usually the comforting and the tipping point for many of them. You see, Christian humility is about moving, though, moving our focus from what we have done to what Christ has done, is doing and will do. Christian humility is not about saying, look, I'm a good Christian. I think one of my frustrating things occasionally, and this happens in various contexts, is to hear a Christian say, look, I'm pretty sure I'm going to heaven because I've gone to church every Sunday. I'm a good person. I'm not like this person over there. I'm a good Lutheran. I'm sticking to everything here. And if you listen to their talk, it's all about what they have done, how good they are. But Christian humility is not about focusing on ourselves. It's about pointing people to what Christ has done, is doing and will do. And this is what Paul's doing. Paul in his situation, Paul is, is well known, right? And he's got this background and history. And so he draws on that to point how frivolous that history is in relation to Christ. He says this, If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But then he says, but whatever were gains for me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And so what Paul identifies and what he's trying to share with the community is that if we focus on the law, we often focus just on ourselves. What we've done, how good we are, how much better than we are of others. But when we focus on Christ, we focus on grace. And that leads us to somewhere else. So I want to encourage you and to encourage you to think about how might you emphasize more of Christ in your discussions and less of yourself? When somebody praises you, and we'll get to this in a moment about what to do with praise, but when somebody praises you, how might you be able to divert the attention away from yourself onto Christ? When things are going bad, and you want to bemoan, there's a story of a, a husband who gets home from work and says to his wife, and he's miserable, and says, everybody hates me. And she turns to him and says, you're not that important. So how much, how can we think about emphasising more of Christ in our discussions and less of ourselves in a genuine and authentic way? You see, Christian humility also involves a reality check of comparing what our earthly gains give us compared to what Christ gives us. Many of us are the beneficiaries of many blessings from God. You know, we've got, many of us have got problems and issues and challenges and difficulties, but if we be real, we've got many blessings, haven't we? 
You know, I only have to open up my fridge and I feel very blessed. I look at my family and I feel quite blessed. I think about some of my plans and I'm going, I'm blessed. The problem is for us humans, often we attach our worth, we attach our focus, and we actually use our blessings as excuses not to be continually in a relationship with God and other people. We actually sometimes push Christ down and say things like, the church and God's not so relevant for me today in this world. Which means our focus is really about this world rather than Christ and eternal life. And so Paul in verses 7 to 8 says this, to to encourage us and people to be focused more on Christ than our worldly things. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Now, Paul has a very good experience of losing something. He had a reputation, he had a a career, a career in being zealous Jew and persecuting the church. And because of his interaction with Christ, he had to give that up and all the benefits that came with that. Now, one of the advantages we have in Australia is that there's not much we have to physically give up, usually in following Christ. But what hit home to me was some years ago when I baptised a person who was converting from the Islam faith or what he had to give up. As I was talking to him and we were going through the catechism and some other membership introduction, he said... He understands what it means to give something up for Christ. He said his family is going to disown him because of this. But not only is his family going to disown him, he's actually going to lose a significant amount of wealth as a result of that. And his comment was, Christ is more important. The future God gives is more important. And I always remember this comment and I said, well, how come you're so keen to follow Jesus? And his comment just struck me. He said, I've come from a religion where the understanding of God is he has a hard heart. But Jesus, he has a soft, loving heart. And so I encourage you to think about that, that our humility involves us giving us a reality check. That we may have achieved successes, we may have wealth, we may have all these blessings. But... We also have Christ and Christ gives us something far better than anything we have on this earth. The third thing that Paul does in his discussion with the church in Philippi, he says Christian humility is about recognising that we are righteous, that we are right before God, that we don't have to stress about that. But we also need to remember that's only because of Jesus. That our righteousness before God is only because of Jesus. I think one of the things that make me sad as both a Christian, a Lutheran and um, a pastor even 
is when people get into this, I'll call it religious self-righteous discussion, whether it be a Lutheran saying, we are the only way or we, you know, I'm going to be, we've got the truth and this is going to be it, or whether another person in another denomination says, you've got to be like us, it's, this is the only way to do things. You know, we've got all the truth. And often that discussion is, I'm, you know, we are, we are following this procedures. I have this doctrine. I believe this. I, I, and it's all the I language again, rather than this focus on Christ. In other words, often what happens in those scenarios, people use what is a, a blessing and that is good, that should be pointing people to Christ to actually focus on themselves and to show that they're righteous before everybody else or better than everybody else. What Paul does here is say, recognise. Recognise that your righteousness, being right before God, has been secured. You are righteous. But also remember that's only because of Jesus. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of our own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Recently, as um, I was reading an article about why, you know, somebody saying why it's important to be humble in leadership. And the person was interviewing the actually owner, the person who founded Nike. You know, the Nike, they're not Christian, but the, the, the shoe Nike. And somebody said, you must be so proud of what you've achieved. And the, the, the owner, the founder of Nike said, I'm actually more thankful to my parents because without my parents' emotional and financial support, Nike would never have started. So he recognised that it's, it's not him alone that has done that. And likewise, for each of us, as we live in this world, we live as Christians recognising we are loved by God, by God, not because we've earned it. And in fact, this is the problem sometimes with humility, I don't know if you've come across this, is that sometimes you get Christians that tell you, you must be humble, or you're not being humble enough. And straight away the, the thought is, oh, I've got to be more humble to, to at least please God and to earn something from God. That's not the purpose of humility for us as Christians. The purpose of humility is for us to reflect Christ with others. But our humility comes about by recognising that our stance before God, our position as Christians, is only because of Jesus. And that's why in this church, and that's why most modern churches don't have pews that say, this is for this person, or this is for that person. But if you go back in some of the older churches, you had certain people would sit in certain pews, and in fact, I read you know, our Bible study this week that we did on Zoom was behind by a gentleman called Bartholomeus Zingelbold who went to India, who was a missionary to the um, Tamil people and the lower caste people. Um, and one of the frustrating things he had was he had this opposition from the Danish um, East Indian Company who were Christians by name at least, go to church, but one of their oppositions, we don't want those people in our church. And his point was, everybody should be 
together, because it's not because of them, but because of Christ. And so I encourage you to recognise that who you are as a Christian is only possible because of Jesus. Who you are as a Christian is only possible because of Jesus. Yes, people may help you in your faith. Yes, you may have sacrificed something to be a Christian, but ultimately, without Christ, all that is worthless. And not only recognise you are only it's only possible for you to be a Christian because of Jesus, also recognise that this also applies to everyone else. Think about the consequences of that. Think about what that means when somebody comes into our church community or you see somebody and they're not quite right. They're not living up to your way of what you view a Christian to be. Are you trying to say to them you've got to earn your way to God to live up to my standards or what we expect? You see, Christian humility is about recognising that we are righteous by... We are righteous. We are right with God because of Jesus. And so humility is about keep pointing people to Jesus. And therefore, Christian humility leads us to focusing on Jesus, not once, but constantly. Remember that statement in the Four magazine where it says, we we haven't got it all together, we don't know it all? The problem with being a Christian was we never know it all, ever. On this earth. And so we constantly need Jesus to be inputting into us to help us to understand what it means to be his disciples, to be people who are loved by him, to be people who are called not just to receive his love but also to, to reflect and share his love in the world. And so Paul in verses 10 to 11 says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Because Christian humility recognises we're not complete yet. So keep focusing on Jesus and his mission. Sometimes it's easy to get bored with Christianity. We get distracted. We're hearing the same thing. Or we think we're hearing the same thing. Sometimes we get focused on, oh, I just want something new and exciting to happen. And new and exciting things happen in church, but not always how we see them. What Paul, remember Paul is this missionary going to churches, and this is what he says, not that I have already obtained all this, recognising he's not perfect yet, he's not complete, and have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, pressing on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. None of us are there yet. None of us were always on this continual journey with God, is one, way, one, one commentator made it. So what does this mean for living the faith, living as God's disciples? Well, first of all, recognise that because of humility of Jesus, we have a future. Live with the assurance that your sins are forgiven because you're trusting what Jesus done on the cross and through the empty tomb. Keep focusing on Jesus and what he's done for you and recognise that 
that is what gives you righteousness, it gives you this right relationship with God. It's not about what you do, it's not about how perfect you know things or how well you follow something, but rather who you follow. Secondly, keep in mind we are humble not to earn or gain something from God. Sometimes there's this Christian thought, and I can see how it comes out of, because if you go to the Gospels, um, Jesus makes this comment in one of his parables, those who put themselves first will become last, and those who put themselves last will become first. So some people live this false humility, right? hoping that God's going to give them an extra reward or blessing. Now, humility is not about not acknowledging who you are and the gifts you have and what you've done. But humility is recognising they haven't all occurred because of you. So we're not humble to earn or gain something for God, but rather our humility, why we're called to this humility, to live this humble life, to to live a life of recognising that it's all because of Jesus, is to reflect God's nature in the world we live, to help others see that God's not this God Almighty that's about to condemn them or what I think Bruce Almighty in the film called smite them, but God wants to love them and is prepared to come to earth for them. And so Christian humility leads us to be people, to be people who point people to God, to Jesus, as the source who we are, what we have and the future we have. Christian humility is about pointing people constantly to Jesus. Helping people know that there is a God who loves them that came in the form of Jesus. And Christian humility leads us to be constantly engaging with and relying on Jesus. Constantly listening to who God is. Reflecting on him. Thinking about What is God saying to me in my daily Bible readings and how does that relate to life today? How does that different to life today? I find it quite intriguing that, and this is, you know, this is when I talk about the secular world picking up leadership. I follow a lot of leadership in sports, professional sports. And one of the things they constantly say, we're looking for humble people. We look at the character of people. I don't care about their skills. I don't care about their qualifications as much. What I'm first interested in is their character. And that character having humility. And lastly, Christian humility leads us to be living a life of serving and blessing others. Not so just serving and blessing others so they feel good, but serving and blessing others so they meet, discover and meet a humble God. One of, I think, the traps that some Christians and some churches fall into is they go, yep, we'll be humble. And their way of being humble is, we're going to be humble, we're not going to mention God. We're going to allow people to do what they want to do. Um, We're just going to keep out of the road and we'll be quiet. That's not the humility within the Bible. But the humility in the Bible is, is to be serving people, helping them get to know God. And that means having time, taking time, having patience with people, recognising that you are in a place with God that other people may not be. 
and allowing them to grow with God. And so I want to finish with a couple of quotes from Christians who talk about humility. C.S. Lewis probably has one of the most famous and repeated quotes on humility. And he says this, Now C.S. Lewis is the person who wrote Narnia Tales. He was an academic who converted to Christianity and became an apologist, which means that a person who keeps talking positively about God and sharing the truth of God. And he makes this comment, Humility is not thinking less of oneself but thinking of oneself less and more of others. Now, one of the things that kind of cringe with me sometimes is I hear people say, I'm right, I'm going to heaven, doesn't matter about my friends or family. And part of that's this idea of, um, I don't know what to say or do, and I don't want to be embarrassed. If you think like that, sometimes I'd say, can I encourage you to think, how can I... Think and pray to God about how can I interact with people so they know Christ. Luther himself made this comment, um, God created the world out of nothing and so long as we are nothing, he can make something of us. There's a bit of a truth in that because if we think we are so important, we've got it all in place, we're less likely to listen to what God says. And then Luther in another point makes this statement which I think is important for us and I kind of rings true of another saying, true humility does not know that it is humble. If it did, it would be proud for the contemplation of being humble. Something along, I think there's a song or a phrase that goes along the lines, I am so proud that I am humble. And lastly, Mother Teresa, I think there's some wisdom in this about humility. If you are humble, nothing will touch you. Neither praise, which usually puffs us up and makes us feel good and highlights. So the praise, we, you know, it's not going to have that negative effect. Or disgrace, you're not good enough because you know who you are and who we are are God's love children. The one that Jesus died on the cross for so we can have life and so all others can have life. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that your Son, Jesus, came into this world and humbly served us by dying on the cross and rising again. Lord, help us in our lives to be your humble servants, to be people who live not for ourselves primarily, but to for you and to share your grace and your gospel through both what we say and do with others in a humble way. Lord, pour down your Holy Spirit on us. Give us insight into what it means to be humble every day of our lives. Help us to think about the situations we face and the character that you wish us to have in those situations. And may Jesus shine through. May your love and grace, which gives true life and is the best treasure of all, shine through as we live. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.